Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. This morning I want to talk to you about names a little bit. Names. Everybody is born with one. It's not, it doesn't come etched across your forehead or on the bottom of your foot, but everyone, once you're born, we tend to always have a name that we're assigned. We're given those names by our parents, or sometimes it's given to us by someone significant to us if our parents aren't there uh, or unable to give us a name. But usually it has a significance to that family, to your family. Your name has uh, sometimes great meaning. It it many times has uh, impact on who you are and in terms of of uh, the type of person that you'll wind up being. Many of the names found in Scripture are uh, very descriptive of the person that that uh, individual has for many years. Uh, Names were not given immediately upon birth, but uh, individuals were assigned their name or given their name after they had been born for a while and and uh, uh, the parents could tell what kind of character, what kind of person that individual was. Uh, in Hebrew culture, the name was uh, given after the child had been born for uh, several days and, and uh, they were presenting the child uh, to uh, the priest, uh, usually uh, uh, to be uh ceremonially presented before the community and at that time the name would be uh, given to the child. The parents would declare the name of the child at that time. So names are important. Names are significant. Names are are something that all of us have and and it is a part of who we are. Uh, There are, uh, let me tell you, there's some uh, names though that that have been significant uh, throughout history and many of you know important names, names that are uh, uh, etched within our minds and within our hearts and within our history. Um, Some people say that the most important thing that you can have is your name. Uh, It is defining. It is who you are. You can't get a a credit card. You can't get a driver's license. You can't uh, do anything without a name. Just try it. Just uh, go to someone uh, and and try and do any of that, try and buy a large purchase like a car or a house or anything else, and you'll find out how important your name is because they require of you your name at the purchase of those items. By the way, I can uh, uh, want to share with you uh, some names of individuals uh, that are kind of unusual. A name is is serious business, but some people evidently don't think uh, that a name is is significant. And so a lot of times these parents, I don't know what gets in their brain or what gets in their mind, but uh, there are actual individuals. I'm going to give you a series of names, and these are actual names of individuals. These are not made up. These are, uh, in fact, 
if you wanted to, you could look up these people and have pictures of these people uh, presented, but I'm not going to share with you their pictures. But uh, the first name is Bud. His last name is Light. Bud Light is his name. Uh, uh, next one is uh, McDonald Burger. Uh, the next one is Crispy ba- uh, Chris, middle initial P, and I bet you can guess what his last name is. Bacon. Crispy Bacon. Um, there's another individual that is by the name of Sue. Her last, she's of Asian descent. Her last name is Yu. So her name is Sue Yu. And yes, she did grow up to be a lawyer. Um, I, like, I love this next one. The next one's name, uh, first name is Dill. Last name, Pickle. Dill Pickle. Uh, there's a, another one by the name of Filet Mignon. Another one by the name of Jean Poole. Um, there's a, a, another by the name of Albatross. Uh, another by the name of Cookie Cutter. These are real names. I, I remember stories about uh, uh, names as well. Uh, uh, Grady Nutt used to tell of a story about a, a fella by the name, uh, or no, a lady by the name of Sarah. Her parents gave her the mid, uh, middle name Struggles. Her last name was Nicely. Sarah Struggles Nicely. I, and... Uh, he said he found another person uh, that it sounded just like a golf ball being dropped into uh, a bottle, uh, I mean a, a bucket of oil. His name was Urquhart. Urquhart? <laughs> Ivan Urquhart. Urquhart? <laughs> and that's, that was his name. We have strange names, but you know... <coughs> The more familiar you are with a person, you know them simply by their first name. Now, we all know individuals with just uh, uh, one name. Uh, usually, they're celebrities, uh, Madonna, Cher, uh, names like that, that are, are uh, individuals that are known by just one name. Uh, but we have... Uh, a relationship with someone that's greater than any of those celebrities and we know him by multiple names and uh, it is uh, given to us by uh, Isaiah here in uh, Isaiah chapter 9. 2,300 years ago, Israel was going through a tremendous difficult time. They were, they were going through a, a, deal of, a great deal of persecution. They were going through a period of time in their history where they, it seemed as though all the world was lost to them. They, they were enduring such great hardship. And Isaiah was given a, a word of God to lead the people of Israel back to a right relationship with God. He was he was given a message from God to the people about a time in which uh, they were going to endure difficulty, but that difficulty would not last forever. Now, when you're going through a hard time, when you're having problems, it, it's hard to imagine being in a time where those difficulties never cease 
never exist in your life. It seems as though it, they will continue to exist in your life and it seems as though they'll never cease. And Isaiah was given a word of God to, to share with his people because God understood and knew what the, uh, uh, the emotional state of the people of, uh, of God would go through as they were enduring this hardship. And this is a, a word especially for us today because we never understand uh, how God is going to get us through our difficult times when we're in the middle of it. But if we just simply have someone that we are familiar with, someone that we love, someone that we cherish that is with us during those difficult times, it makes those times a lot more manageable. It makes it much easier. And so look with me in Isaiah chapter 9. Now if you want to see the, uh, and understand the circumstances that, that Israel was going through, I'd, I'd challenge you to go into chapter 8 and read from there uh, some uh, of those things. Uh, in fact, let's look together. I, I, Isaiah chapter 8 verse 17 says, I'll wait upon the Lord that hides His face from the house of Jacob and I will look for Him. Isaiah is saying, in essence, look, it, I know it seems as though <clears throat> that God is hiding from you. What a, what a depressing thought. And yet there's so many of us that are, are going through hardships, problems, difficulties. Maybe it's a, a, a financial thing that you're going through. It, it seems like it, you're never going to come out from under a mountain of bills and a mountain of issues and problems. Maybe it, it's a, a health issue that you're going through or you're just entering into and, and you feel as though it's just overwhelming that, that you just, uh, it doesn't seem as though you're going to be able to make it through. And you, and you feel as though you're, you're having such uh, problems. May, uh, perhaps it's uh, simply something uh, that is related to someone new coming into your life, related to your job or related to your circumstances in your home. You you all of a sudden wind up with this individual that is in charge of your livelihood, in charge of your life, and, and you feel as though uh, that person has nothing but, but ill feelings towards you and, you and you have no way of changing things. And so you, you become depressed. You become overwhelmed with, with difficult uh, emotions that, to deal with and... and, and Isaiah here is, is dealing with a whole nation of people and he's saying, I, I understand that you feel as though God is, is hiding from you. He says, I'm going to wait on the Lord though. He says, Behold, I and the children whom the Lord hath given me are for signs and for wonders in Israel for the Lord of hosts which dwelleth in the Mount Zion. And when they shall say unto you, Seek unto them that have familiar spirits and unto wizards that peep and, the, uh, and mutter, uh, should not people seek unto their God for the living of the, uh, to the dead. He says, Look, there are certain people that... 
that are even in consulting and looking for forces outside of, of God. And he says, but me and my family, we're going to continue to search for the Lord. And, and that's what we as, as people of God should do when we're enduring such hardships, when we're going through such difficulties, even when it seems as though God's not present in your life, God's not there, God's not helping you. We ought not to abandon God's presence in our life. We ought not to, to look at other things in the world. It doesn't matter if the rest of the world is going to look for escapism and, and all manner of different things. And Isaiah here is talking about uh, some people worshiping other idols, uh, worshiping other gods and worshiping idols and, and looking to, to sorcerers and looking to mystics and trying to find some uh, uh, mystical way through their hardships and trouble. You know, it, it seems as though today with some of the difficulties that people go through that, that our society and our world has become more and more aware of mysticism and all kinds of, uh, of uh, things that, that people never would have considered before. And Isaiah says, look, don't allow yourself to be pulled away. And then right at the uh, at, in chapter 9 as he's dealing with all these people that are, are wanting to, to have, uh, they're enduring these hardships and having so much problem in their life. In verse 6 he says, um, well let's back up to verse 5. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and the garments rolled in blood, but this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the peace, uh, Prince of Peace. Now, the reason I didn't jump right into Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 is that uh, for many, the only time you he read that uh, passage of Scripture is at Christmas time when we're talking about the birth of Jesus Christ. And yes, this passage is talking about Jesus, but I wanted to give you a better context as to what the circumstance was for Isaiah to write that verse. It wasn't a time of, of beginning to celebrate Christmas like we uh, are when we actually read this verse but this verse comes during a time of hardship a time of conflict a time of difficulty a time in which the people of Israel are so depressed and overwrought because it seems as though in the midst of all of their difficulties they have no hope they have no assurance of God's presence in their life. They feel as though, in, in spite of the fact that they've been calling out to God, it, uh, Isaiah says, says, you feel as though God is hiding from you. Have you ever had the circumstance in your life where it, it felt that way? Where it felt like when you prayed that your prayers were just bouncing off of the, the ceiling and the walls instead of going into the very throne room of God. Did, have you ever been in a situation where you felt as though no matter how much you cried out to God that, that God wasn't able to hear your voice and, and wasn't aware of your circumstances? Have you ever been in a circumstance in your life in which you just felt like God forgot you altogether. 
Israel was going through that a time like that. And they were going to endure even harder times ahead. But God wanted to share with those people that there was hope. There was hope coming. And I want you to understand that in your life as well, in your circumstance, no matter how troublesome that you might uh, feel right now, that God is there for you. That God is giving you hope. That God is delivering to you a sure sign of His presence in in your life. He says, For unto us a child is born. This is significant. Because God is not just telling His people and telling you that you... Hey, just buck it up. Just, you know, have you ever had certain people in your life whenever you are going through a difficult... Hey, just just sit up a little bit straighter. Just... Button up and, and don't, don't share with other people about your hardships. Just, just work harder. Focus more on what's going on. They tell you, hey, don't, don't allow those... Uh, or maybe you're going through a time of confusion and you're, you're having difficulties with your emotions. And they, instead of being a help to you, they just say, well, just stop doing that. Now, if you could do that, don't you think you would be doing it? If you were depressed about something in your life or if you're going through a a time where you feel as though you're not enduring things as well as you should, maybe you're sad or maybe you're just overwhelmed with confusion and and difficulties and keeping your mind straight, if you could just say, all right, stop doing that. Start thinking straight. Don't you think you would do that? But yet, that's the very advice they give you. As if you can control it. As if you're able to just simply say, okay, stop being that way. (coughs) Now, it's easy for them because they're not going through that problem. They're not going through that heartache. They're not going through that struggle in their life. But you are. And you can't just simply say, well, I'm going to just stop worrying. I'm just going to stop doing this. And I'm going to just stop doing that. You can't. And Isaiah delivers a message to the people of God and to you and to me that when you're going through those difficult times, when you're enduring those heartaches, when you're going through such stress or, or loneliness or, or heartache, He says, I want you to remember for unto you as a child is born. He says, you're not alone. Remember in chapter uh, chapter 8 verse 17, he says, you feel as though God is, is hiding from you. Not only is God not hiding from you, He's coming to you. He said, a child is born. He says, I'm coming. I'm coming to be with you. I'm coming to give you comfort. I'm coming to give you solace. I'm coming to give you strength. I'm coming to help you through your problems. A child is going to be born. Now you might say, well, what good is a little child? This isn't just any old child, is it? 
You know because you already know this verse. You know that this child is Jesus. This child is a foreshadowing of the coming of the, of the Son of God. And Isaiah is saying a child is coming who's going to come and he's not just any child. It's God incarnate and he knows what you're going to go through because guess what? Not only is he going to be here with you, but he's going to experience it with you. God's not just some uh, uh, creator God that just kind of, uh, you know, our world tends to want to make an image of God. God oh, just right now, think, what does God look like? None of us know, but we all have an image in our mind. It's an image not necessarily born of, of Scripture. It's, it's an image that we're all aware of and we think of. And it's an image of God sitting on His throne, right? When, you, when I say, think of God, uh, an image of God is sitting, He's sitting on His throne and He's got long flowing hair and He's got a long beard and it's all white, right? Well, that's an image of God that's, that's not based on anything in Scripture. But it's an image of God, of God being far and distant, being separated from us. There's another image of God that, that some people uh, want to put, and that is that God, yeah, He's the Creator, but He just kind of is like a, a child with a top. Now, some of you younger folks may not know what a top is. Think of it in terms of a spinner, okay? Now you know a little bit more. But God has wound up the spinner and He's uh, set the world into motion. It's kind of just spinning there in the, in the universe and He's just sitting back watching it. And He's watching and waiting to see what's going to happen. He's not going to get involved if it starts to wobble and it starts to fall over. He's just going to sit back and watch and let it go. That too is not an image of God that is based on anything in Scripture. In fact, from the very beginning of history, from the beginning of time, God is shown as being intimately involved. And God is sharing with the people of Israel in this time in which they feel as though God is not there, that God is not present, that God doesn't care about me. Not only is God there, not only does God care about you, but God wants to experience your sadness, your heartache, your difficulty with you. Why? Why? Why would God want to do that? He tells us. He says, because... This child that is born, He has given to you. And on His shoulders the government will be upon, uh, be upon Him. And His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. See, He's not just a little child that's being born that is going to just be there. God doesn't want to come and just simply come and, and, and be present in the world. He's born so that He might be present in your life and be wonderful. A counselor. The mighty God. The Prince of Peace. 
These are names of God. It's not just simply a... uh, Remember, names have a meaning. And he's saying he's not going to be called uh, 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 just Fred or Herman or or, uh, Dilbert or anything like that. He's going to be called Wonderful. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. These names have significance in how He will be in our life. He is wonderful. You need to understand that Jesus Christ is wonderful. He is marvelous. He is everlasting. He is overwhelmingly good for you. And so I need you to understand that in the midst of your problems, in the midst of all your turmoil, in the midst of all your pain, in the midst of all the confusion, Jesus comes into your life. And He's wonderful. He's wonderful! Amen. He helps you through the difficulty. He wouldn't be wonderful if He didn't help you through. He's wonderful. He, he wouldn't be there just to simply watch you go through that pain and not hold your hand and love you and caress you and hold you dearly to Himself. He's wonderful. Amen. He's wonderful when you're going through the hardest time you ever thought you could exist in your life. He's wonderful. And he's there for you. He's in your life. And He's he's more than just simply there. You know, children, so often, they share with us an impression of how things are in ways that we never would think. Many times a child will express feelings that we have that we don't even realize that we have. And I, I remember a point in my life, a child explaining what it was like when Jesus was born. And the child simply said the most concrete, the most simple, the most factual thing there was. And he said, it's like God with skin on him. And that's who Jesus was. He's God with skin on him. He's God, but he's also so human. Divinely human. So that we can hold on to him and, and look into his eyes and so that we can understand by hearing His voice. Jesus Christ, though He lived 2,000 years ago, He still is those things for us. Because He's more than just human. He's divinely human. He's human for all the things that you need. He's experienced heartache. You don't think God understands what it's like to lose someone you love? Jesus has been through it. You don't understand Jesus. You don't understand God. I I have a child that is near unto death. Jesus dealt with that. He understood that pain. He understood that hardship by looking into the face of a parent who's desperate 
desperate to find some hope for their child. Desperate to change something in life because the child is marching straight for death. And the father comes running up to Jesus and he he falls at his feet and he says, Jesus, help my child. Help my child. And Jesus stops what he's doing. And he shows compassion. He shows love. And he says, come, let's go. And while they're still far off, people come and inform the master that your child is already dead. And he's thinking, but I've got Jesus here with me. I've got Jesus with me. It wasn't supposed to happen this way. He was supposed to come and heal my child. And Jesus looked at the master and said, don't worry. She's just asleep. How much faith did that parent have to have to continue walking with Jesus to his home, expecting not his child to be dead, but but for Jesus to have done something or to do something that would allow his child yet to live. And with compassion in his heart, Jesus said to his father, Don't worry. She's just asleep. How much faith did he have to have in order to to trust in Jesus who hadn't even been there? And all the people that had been there were saying she's dead. They're all wailing. They're crying. It was their tradition to have people that would come and just bawl out loud. They weren't like us today where we hide it and let a little tear trickle down their face. No, they yelled out and wailed and they cried and they threw dust in the air and they had ashes and put on their heads and they did all this stuff to show how much they were mourning. And all this was going on. And Jesus cuts through it all. He goes to the child. And he calls to the child and says, Get up. But the father had to have faith. The father had to have faith to allow Jesus to go in. He didn't dismiss Jesus and say, Okay, go on. It's too, we're too late. He had trust that Jesus, the wonderful one, was coming to change his life. And Jesus can do the same thing in your life too. Jesus can transform your the most desperate situation in your life. A situation where you don't know what to do. And He is the wonderful one who can come in and bring life where there's death. He can come and bring health where there's sickness. He can come and bring hope when there's despair. Jesus is the one. Do you know Him by His first name? Do you know Him personally? He is the wonderful one. Is He wonderful in your life? Do you have the kind of relationship with Jesus Christ? Now this is the problem. Because Isaiah knows that the people of Israel don't know Jesus in this way. He says, but there's one coming who has promised. Now you have to remember it wasn't that year. 
It wasn't the next year that Jesus was born. It was hundreds of years later. But God said, don't worry. Because I'm coming. And to us, it seems as though we'll never find that relief. But God says to us this morning, don't worry. Because I've been there. I know your pain. I know your hardship. I know your suffering. I know and understand what you're going through. Because I've been there. And I'm coming if you'll let me. I'm coming if you'll take me by the hand. I'm coming and I'll give you that hope. I'll be that wonderful one for you. If you'll simply let me in. You see, I, I contend that so much of our, our difficulty and problem is, is that we just simply won't allow Jesus to come in to our life and turn our situation around. God wants to change your perspective on your situation. God wants to remove the pain in your life. God wants to help you through that painful time. God wants to give you hope and despair. He wants to be the wonderful one in your life. Do you know Jesus? Do you have a first name relationship with Him? Is He the wonderful one in your life? The first thing you have to do is to change your perspective of who Jesus Christ is. God said, a child is born. And upon him all of authority is given. All authority. The government will be upon his shoulders. All authority. Is, he's been given. And he seeks to be wonderful in your life. What will be the name of Jesus in your life? when you're going through hardship? Will He be distant? Will it seem as though He's not there? Well, it doesn't have to be that way. He wants to be wonderful. The Counselor, the Almighty God, the Prince of Peace. If you would just simply let Him in. Let's bow in prayer. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we thank You so much for your love for us, for allowing Jesus Christ to be in our life, for being in our life, the Almighty God to be present in us, to allow Your presence to transform and, and, ch and change our, our difficult situation by being present and being there for us. Lord, we pray that you would help us as we seek to allow your entrance into our life. Lord, today there's somebody going through pain. Someday, today there's somebody going through uncertainty. Today there's someone facing a challenge in their life. I pray that You'd help them to call out to You to allow Your presence in their life to help them 
through those circumstances. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.